0: Thank you guys for coming to worship with us this morning. We are continuing our series called In His Names where we are looking at the names of God found throughout scripture. We believe God reveals his character to us by revealing to us his names. And so we're going to get to that in just a minute. I want to thank Michael for uh, giving us a little snapshot of Missions Week this year. We're going to have a great time together. Uh, it is going to be a little bit different. We're still going to have our Wednesday night service Uh, And we're going to do ice cream after the service, but we're just not going to have a big tub of ice cream that we're all hovering over. We're going to give out individually wrapped ice creams uh, so that we can do that uh, with wisdom and safety in mind. Uh, We're not going to have a service Thursday night, but then on Friday night we'll have an incredible service with a big cookout and tailgating uh, in the back. We, we're not going to get to do our chili cook-off this year. Again, people hovering over all the uh, open pots just doesn't seem like a good idea right now. However, Sarah Har is working on putting together a cookbook with some of your recipes. So some of you that have won blue ribbons on the chili cook-off, if, if it's not too much to ask, you know, I, if it's a secret, you know, I... Don't, don't give it to us, but we would love to have your recipe, and we're going to put it in a little recipe book with uh, meals and desserts and different things and use that as a, to sell and have a, a little fundraising effort uh, for Missions Week. So we're going to do some things a little bit differently, but we're going to have an incredible time together as we celebrate missions all around the world. Um, and so it starts Sunday night, November 8th. We're going to have a prayer service right here in the auditorium, and we're going to hear... Um, ...from the Downing family uh, about the ministry that God has called them to missionaries right here out of our church. They're in the States right now. We're glad to be able to have them as part of Missions Week and to celebrate all that God is doing through their ministry. Heard from Scott Hudgens and we've got one other missionary family that you'll hear from later. So we're excited about that. The way we fund missions in this church is through what we call Faith Promise Missions Giving... Faith Promise Missions Giving, we basically step out in faith and say, I believe God is calling me to give this amount to missions for the year 2021. And uh, we make a commitment as a church. And you're going to be able to do that this year through our OBC app. Uh, We'll also have some papers that you can fill out and, and give that information to us if you don't have a smartphone or you don't do apps. That's okay, but if you do it through the app, it'll make it really, it'll tally it up for us and we'll be able to celebrate that together on our mission celebration on Sunday night. There's also a booth in the main lobby, Mission Central, and Miss Sunday is out there, can answer any questions that you have and uh, help you take your next step to celebrate Missions Week with us. We'll be talking more about Faith Promise Missions in the weeks ahead, but we're excited that we get to celebrate what God is doing all around the globe through missions. Thank you for being a part of that with us. Well, um, I also want to do one more thing before we get into the message. I want to pray, um, and as we are all very, very, very aware, especially right here in Central Florida, uh, it is uh, election season in our nation, and there's commercials on TV. Every other commercial is a political commercial, and there's yard signs, and there's, you know, uh, all kinds of people trying to get out the vote. And I just want us to take a moment and pray as a church Uh, that that God's will would be done, that God would be honored and glorified. I want us to pray um, for our leaders. Scripture calls us to pray for those who are in authority. Scripture also tells us that God puts those in authority that he wants to put in authority. And so we trust the Lord. We don't live in fear if our candidate loses. God is still sitting on the throne and he is still in control. And we remember that. Um, And so we want to pray for our nation, we want to pray for unity in our nation and unity in our church during this election season. But more than anything else, we want to pray that God's will would be done and that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, let's pray uh, for this season, let's pray for the message this morning and we'll get into God's word. So Lord, we thank you that you are a God who is in control You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. Lord, nothing escapes your care. Nothing escapes your notice. Nothing escapes your power. So, God, we trust you. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And, God, we are citizens of this great nation, and you have blessed us uh, with, with freedom and liberty, God, not only to um, live out our faith, but to take our faith all over the globe as we celebrate in our missions week coming up. So God, we pray for our nation. We pray for unity. Uh, we pray for wisdom. We pray for our leaders. We pray for discernment, and we pray, God, that your will would be done. Lord, be with us as a church family that uh, as, we, as we participate um, and, and as we are responsible citizens who, who research and vote and who um, are a part of the political process in our nation, God, I pray that you would also help us to keep our eyes fixed on you in this time. Lord, we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, in this nation, in our lives, and in this church. So be glorified. And now, Lord, speak to us through your word today. Encourage us. Challenge us, shape us into the people that you have called us to be for your glory and for your honor. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we are in this series, In His Name. We have been looking at names of God for the past three weeks. Week one, we looked at the name Elohim, which is the strong, powerful, creator God. Week two, Arthur uh, led us to study the name Adonai, which is the Lord of all. God is Lord and King. This past week, we looked at the name Yahweh or Jehovah, which literally means I am that I am, the great I am. As, as God spoke to Moses through a burning bush, and Moses said, who should I tell people that you are? What is your name? And he says, I am that I am. And from that phrase, we, we took and, and got the, the name Yahweh. It's a name of God that he revealed to us. God revealed his name to us so that we could know who he is, so that we could experience him, so that we could be near to him. And so the name Yahweh is our our covenant God. It's our our personally revealed God. He is I am. So we looked at the name Yahweh last week, and we're going to continue to look at some other names of God, which we call compound names of God. So there are names, as Thomas mentioned during the offering time, Jehovah-Jireh means the Lord, our provider. We call that a compound name of God, Jehovah or Yahweh, along with the word Jireh or provider. He is our provider. Jehovah-Nisi is is a name for God that means the Lord, our banner. Jehovah-Rapha is the Lord, our healer. Today we're going to look at the name of God, Jehovah-Rohi, which is the Lord, our shepherd. Jehovah-Rohi. Or Yahweh Rohi, the Lord our Shepherd. This name of God comes from a very familiar passage of Scripture, Psalm 23. So I want us to stand up together this morning, and we're going to read Psalm 23 together. And let's read it off the screen because I know that probably a lot of you have it memorized. Um, and uh, but if we read it together, then we'll all be saying the same words at the same time. All right, so let's do that together. Psalm 23, verses one through six. Read it out with me, one, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, forever. Amen. Thank you for reading with me. You can have a seat. We're going to look at this familiar passage of scripture, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Yahweh, Jehovah, Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. And along with Psalm 23, we're going to parallel a passage from the gospel of John. In John chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. And so we're gonna look at these passages together in just a few minutes, but I wanna show you a few other places in scripture where God is described as a shepherd. In Psalm uh, 80, verse one, says this, listen, shepherd of Israel, who leads Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim. Jesus is the shepherd of Israel, the shepherd of Israel. Of his people who leads us. Isaiah chapter 40, I love the, the beauty and the tenderness of this passage that describes the Lord as our shepherd. Isaiah 40, 10 and 11 says, See, the Lord God comes with strength, and his power establishes his rule. His wages are with him, and his reward accompanies him. Listen to this, he protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. What a beautiful picture of Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. It says he he gathers his flock as a shepherd. It says he takes them in the folds of his garment. He he gently leads those that are nursing, the, the young little lambs. What a beautiful picture of God's tender care for us, his sheep. And so I want to look at one other verse here that just describes us as sheep. And the truth is, Scripture describes God as the shepherd many times, but more than God is described as shepherd, we are described as sheep. We're described as sheep. So Psalm 100, a a familiar passage, Psalm 100 verse 3, it says, he made us, we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. We are sheep. Now here's the thing. Nobody wants to be sheep, right? Like when you It's kind of an insult in our culture today. We say, oh, those people are sheep. And and when we say that, we're describing people who don't think for themselves, right, who just kind of follow the crowd, whatever the crowd is. Oh, those people are sheep. However, we are sheep. In fact, I have a picture of a sheep, right? Nobody wants to be this, but a lot of times, in fact, not a lot of times, we are sheep. Here's the good news, though. Sheep need a shepherd, and we have a good shepherd. Here's the thing. None of us in this moment um, would consider ourselves sheep. You know, not really. However, we always look back at our past selves, and we go, oh, I can't believe I did that. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, when you turn 15, you look at your 12-year-old self and you go, oh, I can't believe how immature I used to be, right? It says the 15-year-old about their 12-year-old self. And then you turn 18 and you go, oh, I can't believe how I used to act when I was 15 years old and now I can drive and now I can vote and now I can, I'm 18, I'm an adult, I can do whatever I want. And we look at our past self. And then we turn 20 just two years later and we go, oh, I can't believe, and then we turn 25, and then we turn 30, and then we turn 40, and we go, oh, I can't believe what I acted like when I was a 30-year-old, because that's just how life goes. And then you turn 50, and you look back, and then you become a grandparent, and you go, why did I care so much about all of the things? You know, I've got these grandkids now, and I just, they do whatever they want. Why did I care so much when it was my kids? I would like to know that when my parents just let my kids run amuck, and I mean, I, I got a spanking for that. I'm like, Come on, guys, what's going on? Right, because every, every few years we look back at ourselves and the decisions that we made and we go, I can't believe I did that. I should have known better. And it's because we're sheep. And we don't want to admit it right now, but I'm telling you, in a few months, in a few years, you'll look back and you'll think, Man can't believe that. I can't believe that season of my life. I can't believe the decisions I made then. God knows this truth about us. And he loves us in spite of our foolishness and in spite of our lack of wisdom and discernment sometimes, in spite of our lack of love and compassion, in spite of our rebellion. He loves us and he tenderly gathers us and leads us because he is the good shepherd. So let's look at his word this morning. We're going to kind of go a verse or two at a time, and I'm going to read a, a verse from Psalm 23, and then I'm going to read a parallel verse from John chapter 10, and we'll, and we'll apply the principles from uh, each of these passages how God is speaking to us this morning. So here we go, Psalm 23, verse 1 simply says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus parallels this thought when he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Here's the first thing to see this morning about the Lord our shepherd, Jehovah-Rohi, and that is that he relates to us Personally, This verse says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. There is a beautiful truth to knowing that, that the Lord is my shepherd. He's not your shepherd, or rather, he's not just your shepherd. He's not somebody else's shepherd. He's my shepherd. That's true for all of us this morning because the Lord is personal to each of us. He is our shepherd shepherd. He is my shepherd. I don't have to wonder, I don't have to look and say, wow, I wish I had a shepherd like that guy over there. I wish I, I, wish I had the Lord like he has the Lord. You do because he's your shepherd. We don't have to live off of somebody else's uh, relationship with God. We don't have to live off of somebody else's experience with God because he is our shepherd. He is my shepherd. He relates to me personally And Jesus goes even further when he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Jesus knows us personally. He tells us in the Sermon on the Mount that that just like he takes care of the birds of the field and the flowers, the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, he, he takes care of us. He knows what we need before we even ask. He has numbered the very hairs of our head. He doesn't just know how many hairs are on my head right now. He knows later when I get a shower and some hairs fall off and go down the drain, he'll know how many hairs are on my head then. He knows us. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Shepherds know their sheep in a way that that we can never understand. We who are not shepherds, right? Shepherds know their sheep, they're with them, they interact with them. There's a story told, uh, uh, there's a pastor, uh, his name is Doug McMillan. He was a Scottish pastor, and he had some shepherds who were a part of his church. And he was riding on a train with one of these men who was a shepherd one day, and they're riding through the countryside, and there was a, a flock of sheep out in the field. And he goes, oh, there's four of my spring lambs. I sold them last spring. He recognized in this flock of sheep. He recognized these four little sheep that that, that had come from his flock, because shepherds they know their sheep. I've talked to people before, um, you know, who 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 are into animals and you know farmers, people who take care of animals, and, and they and they recognize personalities and they recognize things about you know. And to me, it's just it's a horse. I don't know. It looks like that horse over there. I I guess. I don't know, maybe it has a longer tail, I don't know. But no, 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 this horse is gentle and this horse is stubborn. And this. Okay, whatever you say, right? Jesus, the good shepherd, knows us personally. He, he doesn't just see us as a crowd of people. He sees us individually. He knows our quirks and our ticks. He knows our fears. He knows our failures. He knows us Personally. He knows us to the very depth of who we are. He knows us to the bottom of our heart. He knows our failures. He knows our failures that are coming that haven't happened yet. He sees the capacity not only for love in our heart, but the capacity for sin in our heart. He knows it all. He sees it all. Nothing is hidden from him. I'm reminded of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Jesus interacts with this woman in the middle of the day who was kind of an outcast from society. She had lived a pretty immoral life. And Jesus sits next to her and says, could you get me something to drink? And she says, well, you don't have a bucket. How are you supposed to get a drink? And Jesus begins to tell her about living water. And she says, I'd like to have some of this living water. If if I didn't have to come to this well every day, that would be great. And Jesus says, tell me about your life. And and she kind of changes the subject a little bit. And he goes, actually, I know. I know that you've had several husbands and you're with a guy now that's not your husband. And again, she changes the subject. And she goes, hey, tell me about the Messiah. (laughs) And as Arthur pointed out this morning in John chapter 4, this is where Jesus says when the Messiah comes, he's looking for worshipers who will worship in spirit and truth. And then Jesus says, I'm I'm the guy. I'm the Messiah. And this woman is blown away and she runs into town and she says, you got to come meet this guy. He knows everything about me. And yet he loves me. Jesus didn't call out her sin just to embarrass her. He called out her sin so she would know look, you don't have to pretend with me. I know, all about, I know all about it. I'm not bothered. I'm here because today I want you to know that you can have a relationship with me and your life can be transformed. And it was. Jesus knows all about us, and we try to pretend, and we try to put up a, a, a good facade, and we try to fool the good shepherd who sees everything and knows everything about us. He relates to us personally. He is the good shepherd. He knows us, and we can know him. Psalm 23, verses 2 and 3, it says this, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Then in John chapter 10, verses 3 through 4, Jesus parallels with this. He says, The gatekeeper opens up the gate for him. And the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought them all outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. Here's what we can see this morning about the Lord, our shepherd, our Jehovah, Rohi. He leads us with care. He leads us with care. Psalm 23, he, we're, we're led by green pastures and by still waters. And in John chapter 10, the shepherd leads us out. And I love it. It says that he, that he calls his own sheep by name. Just another layer of depth to the fact that he is a personal God to us, a personal shepherd to us. He is my shepherd. He, he knows me by name. I, I do my best to remember names. Um, if you, uh, many of you will remember Don and Shirley Bridal. They used to sit right back here on the corner uh, behind Bob and Robert Caraballo right there. And uh, they were part of our church for several years. Uh, Shirley was in a wheelchair Shirley and her, her husband have both gone home to be with the Lord in the last few years, but uh, when I first came back to Orlando Baptist Church six years ago or so, um, I, I didn't know their names. And I would say hello to them every Sunday, and it got to the point where I should know their name, but I didn't know it, and so it was kind of too late to ask. Anybody ever been there? So I would just go every Sunday. I would say, hey, it's so good to see you. Hey, good, so good to see you. That went on for five or six weeks. And then one Sunday, Miss Shirley uh, just stopped me and she said, do you know our names? (laughs) And I said, no, ma'am, I don't. And she said, well, I'm Shirley and this is my husband, Don. And I said, it's so good to know your names now because we've already met. Um, And I never forgot their names, by the way. God knows our names. He doesn't just say, hey, buddy. Hey, sport. <laughs> hey, pal. He knows our names. He knows our names. And he leads us with care. Shepherds have to lead their sheep to green pasture and to still waters. Um, sheep do all kinds of crazy things. Uh, like getting their heads stuck in fences. This is, this is a thing that happens often. A, a sheep will see some green grass on the other side of the fence and it's just kind of put its head through to try to get that green grass, and then it gets stuck, and it can't get out. And it just pushes forward to try to get out and gets even more stuck. And if the shepherd doesn't come find that sheep, it'll die with its head stuck in the fence. But the good shepherd comes along and he sees when the sheep is off course. Sees when the sheep needs a little direction. He leads the sheep to green pastures and to still waters. It's been said that if a sheep uh, a sheep won't drink from moving water, if the water is is rushing along or moving along, the sheep is too scared because it's afraid that the water might You know, take it away. And so a shepherd oftentimes, especially in in biblical times, would carve out a a little a little pool on the bank of the water so that the water would pull in there and would be still so that the sheep could drink. The good shepherd leads us with care. He knows what we need. He knows what we need better than we do. He knows when we're prone to get our heads stuck in a fence trying to get something that's really not that good for us. He leads us with care. There's lots of things in our life that we think are going to make us happy, that we think are going to satisfy, that end up bringing hurt and pain and regret. And shame in our lives. And the good shepherd leads us to what he has for us. And I also love that Psalm 23 says he restores our soul. Because even when we get off course and even when we end up somewhere we shouldn't end up and even when we get our heads stuck in the fence, the good shepherd doesn't come along and kick us in the rear and say, you dummy. No, he gently pulls us back on course and restores us with gentleness. He restores our soul. There's lots of people who will damage our soul, who will wound our soul, but not the Good Shepherd. He restores our soul. Jesus knows us by name, he knows what we need, and he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, the the writer of Hebrews encourages us with this. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion or on the day of testing in the wilderness. So many times the, the shepherd is leading us, but we won't listen to his voice. Even when he calls us by name, we still think we have a better idea. And yet, when we'll turn to him, he will lovingly lead us and correct us and then restore our soul. He is the good shepherd who leads us with care Psalm 23 verses 4 and 5 say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. In John chapter 10 verses 11, 13, Jesus goes further and he says, I am the good shepherd, The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired hand and he doesn't care about the sheep. But we have a good shepherd who cares for us and who defends us from our enemies. Even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid Though our enemies are all around us, we don't have to be afraid because he is with us and Jesus goes even further and says that he will lay down his life for us. There's two kinds of enemies, even in this passage in, in Psalm 23, there's external enemies and there's internal enemies. When you think of a sheep, you, you we often think of the external enemies, right? The wolves and the the Lions and tigers and bears, oh my, right? The, the animals that want to swoop in and eat these poor, helpless sheep. But there's another enemy that, that kills more sheep probably even than wolves and, and bears. And that's insects. So when sheep have really long wool and it gets wet, it kind of puts off this odor. It's pretty stinky. And flies think it smells good. And they come and they burrow in the sheep's wool and they lay eggs, and then these little maggots. I'm, this gets pretty gross, right? <laughs> but sheep can be killed by insects that kind of burrow in their in their wool and then in their skin. That's why in Psalm 23, verse five, it says, "You anoint my head with oil." Because shepherds would come along and they would look over the wool and look over the sheep and make sure there wasn't any creepy, crawly things there that shouldn't be there. And, and they might put some kind of medicated oil on the sheep that would drive off the bugs and, and repel the insects, the flies that would come and, and lay eggs in their wool. It was pretty hands-on Care, you know, I don't know how many of you have had to pick a tick off your dog before or, uh, you know, may. it's gross, right? And the shepherd has this hands-on care to, to, to gently pull away the things that would compromise the animal and, and bring infection and, and ultimately death And in our own lives, there there are external enemies in our lives. There are are people and and there are situations and things in our life that are outside of our control that do us harm, that, that tempt us to make decisions that we know we shouldn't make. But we also have internal enemies, lies from the devil that we believe, wounds that we carry Uh, bitterness that we allow to take root in our heart and cause infection in our lives. And the good shepherd knows all about all of our enemies, internal and external, and he has a way to bring healing and restoration and victory in all of those areas of our life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, the hired hand, since he is not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep. He leaves them and runs away. says this is because he's a hired hand and he doesn't care about the sheep. And again, there's things in our life that we put our hope in and we put our confidence in. We put our value in and our self-worth and there's ways that we try to define ourselves and and find significance for our life. Maybe it's a career, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's it's, uh, influence, whatever it is, those things, they are not the shepherd, they don't care about us. There are people that we put our hope in and they are not the shepherd and they don't care about us. But the good shepherd loves us, and he would lay down his life for the sheep. He doesn't just lead us. He also protects us. He also saves us. The Christian faith is not not just a self-help program. Right? A lot of people think of the Christian faith as just kind of a list of do's and don'ts, a list of rules, a list of suggestions, and if you'll do these things, and you'll have a pretty good life. But that's not what our faith is about at all. We have a shepherd who doesn't just say, go here, go there, that's bad, that's good, do this, do that. No, we have a shepherd who steps in to the dangerous situations of our life and who rescues us, and who redeems us. Every other religion on the earth really is a set of principles to live your life by. And if you follow them and do enough, then maybe one day at the end, you'll enter paradise. But the gospel is different than that. The gospel is not advice, the gospel is good news. The good news that a God in heaven desired to have a relationship with the people that he created and so he sent his only son in human flesh to pay the penalty of sin on the cross so that he could redeem and rescue those people from the enemy. He doesn't just lead us, he saves us and rescues us and steps in to our pain, and to our sin, to bring salvation. In fact, I'm I'm, going to jump to the last verses on the screen there, guys. Isaiah chapter 53 tells us this. Verse 6, it says, we all went astray like sheep. It's describing us. The sheep who went astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. So just leave it right there for a second. I love this passage because it starts off, and it's describing how we, like sheep, have gone astray. We, we, we pursued things that were not good for us. We, we pursued things that we thought would bring satisfaction and we thought would bring salvation, but in the end, they really brought destruction, and they really brought about our pain, They really brought about separation from the good shepherd. We went astray like sheep, so the Lord has punished him, Jesus Christ, for our going astray, for our iniquity. But I love what this next verse says because it tells us that our good shepherd didn't just step in to save us, the sheep who went astray but he became like a sheep for us. Verse seven says, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter. And like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. We have a good shepherd who became like a sheep To save us sheep who went astray. What an incredible, incredible thought. It's the truth of the gospel. He doesn't just tell us what to do, He made a way through Jesus Christ to save us and give us the power to live and follow where He leads. I want to go back real quick to the last verse here in Psalm 23. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In John chapter 10, verse 10, in, in in a parallel, Jesus says this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, the good shepherd, have come that they may have life, and may have it in abundance. Jehovah-Rohi, the good shepherd, wants what's best for us and knows what's best for us. He is the good shepherd. When we truly come to believe and understand this truth, that the good shepherd knows what we need better than we know what we need, when we will finally say, I'm like a sheep who's gone astray, when we will finally humble ourselves to recognize that we need the good shepherd, then we can experience the truth of Psalm 23, verse 6, his goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, or John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life, might have it abundantly fully so this morning we have a good shepherd that's good news the bad news is that we're sheep (laughs) all of us we all can look back and regret at times in our life where we ventured off course but we have a shepherd who comes alongside us and leads us By the green pastures and by the still waters who restores our soul. Who leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, for his glory. And even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, through the pain and fear and suffering of this life, we don't have to be afraid because he's with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. I mean, even in the darkest seasons of life, we can can join him at the table. And though all around us may seem like things are falling apart, we can experience his peace in his presence. He anoints our head with oil. He gently heals our hearts and our souls and those things that we have allowed to infect us and wound us internally in our spirit. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Isaiah 53 tells us that the good shepherd became like a sheep so that he could rescue those of us who have gone astray. And so this morning, our only response is to know his voice and grow to know him better and and worship him and, and follow him and pursue him. And when we do, we experience life the way he intended for us to. There will be pain, there will be hard times. There will be suffering, but in the midst of all that, he brings joy and peace and fulfillment, hope. And one day, when this life is over, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. So Lord, we thank you this morning that you are the good shepherd and that you lay down your life for your sheep And we are your sheep, the people of your pasture. And Lord, many times like sheep we go astray. So God, thank you for the reminder from your word this morning that you became like a sheep that was led to the slaughter before those who nailed you to a cross to pay the penalty for our sins, you didn't open your mouth, but you gave your life and laid it down freely for us. The good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. So, Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning who doesn't know you as Savior, that you would draw them to yourself. God, there may be some this morning who they've acknowledged that there is a God and that he exists and and maybe they've been trying to live their life following some of the principles that they think are going to get them closer to you, but this morning I, I pray that you would open their eyes to know that you didn't just come to give them advice, but you came to lay down your life for them, to rescue them from their sin. Lord, I pray that they would put their faith in you this morning. God, for those of us who truly are your sheep, who have been saved, who have been brought into your family, into your flock, I pray that you would remind us that you are with us. I pray that you would remind us that we don't have to be afraid. I pray that you would remind us, Lord, that you know what's best for us that you lead us in paths of righteousness and don't, Lord, don't let us harden our hearts and ignore your voice. So Lord, I pray for anyone in here this morning who maybe is in a season of rebellion where they've been turning away from the things that they know you're calling them to. God, I pray that you would that you would draw them to yourself this morning, that they would obey. Lord, thank you for your word. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand up with me this morning? If you want to pray this morning, we invite you to come pray. You can can come pray down here if, if there's anybody who says this morning I, I need somebody to pray with me I, I'm going to put my mask on and I'll pray with you right down here in the front if you want to pray with somebody if there's anybody who says I don't know Jesus the good shepherd as my savior I've been trying to follow his commandments but I, but I haven't put my faith in him as my savior today can be your day for salvation. I would love to talk with you and pray with you this morning. But this morning we respond to the good shepherd with worship. And so let's sing this song as a prayer. If God has put something on your heart you want to pray this morning, feel free to do that as well. Come on, let's sing.